Keep my wife's name out of your motherfucking mouth. The worst of the Academy Awards coming up next. Welcome back to Nerd is the New Cool. I'm Justin. With me is my co-host, John. Hello. And our uh, often other third co-host, <laughs> Brian. Hello. Frequent guest. Frequent guest. Thank you. That's a way better way to say it. So today we are talking about the worst of the Academy Awards. And basically, there are a lot of things going on with the Academy right now. And we're going to go ahead and take a little uh, time machine back to figure out what awards have been given and what winners should have taken home the Oscar. Mm-hmm. That about a good way to sum it up? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Okay, all right. Before we kind of get into these should have been awards, we're going to do a little bit of background about the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards are known as the Oscars, and they're awards for artistic and technical merit in the film industry. They're also given annually by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, also known as the AMPS. AMPAS. Oh, yeah, AMPAS. AMPAS, a professional... Honorary organization maintains a voting membership of over 7,000 as of 2018. It's a lot of people. I, I've always wondered, like, where the hell, who the hell are these people voting? I want to know who the hell they are, too. Well, let's learn about Anybody it. Anybody that's been in part of movie production. Yeah. So Interesting. Howard Stern is a member. Well, it's... <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and it's divided into different branches, with each representing a different discipline in film production. Actors uh, constitute the largest voting block, numbering... A little over 1,300 members, which is roughly 22% of the Academy's composition. And the various category winners are awarded a copy of a golden statuette as a trophy, often called the Academy Award of Merit. Uh, Yes, the uh, statuette depicts a knight rendered in the Art Deco style. So if we're thinking Erte. Uh, And it was uh, originally sculpted by George Stanley from a design sketch by Cedric. Uh, to prevent information identifying the Oscar winners from leaking ahead of the ceremony, Oscar statuettes presented at the ceremony have blank base plates. That makes sense. So no one yeah. knows. No pictures nowadays, especially with social media, right? You just really quick throw some snaps on there and right. that would be bad. Until 2010, win- winners returned their statuettes to the Academy and had to wait several weeks to have their names inscribed on their respective Oscars. That's the sucks. Academy. Here's leaving. an award. Yeah. Now give it back. And the Academy is leaping headlong into the 20th century by allowing them to be engraved on site uh, at uh, the Governor's Ball. So one of the after parties. The the power of lasers. Yes. I'm just picturing that scene from Schitt's Creek where they get that hotel award and then immediately he takes it back. And and it's the same award they give to every single recipient. They never actually get an award. Maybe he's like, we'll mail you an award in a couple weeks. That's really very yep. sad. Yep. I'm just thinking I could walk into the tinderbox in 1985 and get something engraved while I wait. You could be sitting in the audience yes. with your own Oscar. <laughs> right. And take it up with you, maybe. Yeah. I already have it engraved. That would have been fun. Everyone gets one, and then if you win, you get to go up there with it. Nice. Sorry. That's maybe not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> that slap would have been a lot worse. <laughs> no, it would have been. Prior to 1950, Oscar statuettes were and remain the property of the recipient. Since then, the statuettes have been legally encumbered by the recipient that the statuette first has to be offered back to the Academy for $1. And if a winner refuses to agree to the stipulation, then the Academy keeps the statuette. So it's kind of trying to, to prevent people from basically hawking it, yeah. pulling an OJ, and uh, 
everything gets sold off and auctioned if you lose a civil court. Well, yeah, because you know, predating this agreement, they've been sold at public auction and private deals for six figures. Yeah, um, depending on probably depending on who it was and what it was for. Listen, John Foyt fell on some hard times for a while. He might have mm-hmm. gotten desperate. Uh, the first Academy Awards presentation was held on May 16, 1929, at a private dinner function at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel with an audience of about 270 people. Uh, cost for tickets uh, for the ceremony were about um, was five dollars. So, in 2020 prices, that's about 75 bucks. Do you have to pay for your ticket? If I'm Will Smith, do I have to pay for my ticket? I'm guessing. Uh, well. He's not going to have to worry about well, that for a while. He's banned for 10 years, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I, I've heard of that before. I like, would imagine the production companies are paying for the likely. nominees. Yeah. Yeah. 15 statuettes were awarded that year, and the ceremony ran for 15 minutes. Ooh, oh, from your God, mouth to God's ears. Uh, for the first ceremony, winners were announced to the media actually three months earlier, which is probably why the ceremony went so damn quick. Right. They were basically just assembly line, handing, yeah. out, handing out the awards. Here, here, here. See you later. Congrats. For the second ceremony in 1930 and the rest of the first decade, the results were given to newspapers for publication at 11 p.m. on the night of the awards. In 1940, the Los Angeles Times announced the winners before the ceremony began. As a result, the following year, the Academy started using a sealed envelope to reveal the names of the winners. So kind of as we know it now, it's been happening since 1940. Mm -hmm. They figured it out finally. Once they started to put it on TV. Yeah, definitely. And produce it as a show as mm-hmm. opposed to just, I mean, because it's always been like a way to pat people in the industry on the back, but now we're actually showing everyone how we're patting each other on the back. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we have to put some safeguards in there. First winners, <laughs> the best picture was awarded to Wings. This is, these are some good trivia questions, by the way. This is this, this, this Oscar one, especially best, first best picture winner, Wings. Best actor went to Emil Jannings. Best actress went to Janet Gaynor, and the best director went to Frank Borzage, who who directed Seventh Heaven. I think the first year was uh, two years too, right? It was like nineteen twenty nine, twenty eight and twenty nine, twenty eight yeah. and twenty nine. Yeah. yeah, and the first best actor awarded to Emil Jennings for his performances in The Last Command and The Way of All Flesh. At at that time, winners were recognized for the entirety of their work done in a certain category during the qualifying period. For example, Jennings received received the award for two movies in which he starred during that period, and Janet Gaynor later won for a single later won a single Oscar for for performances in three films. With the fourth with the fourth ceremony, however, the system changed and the professionals were honored for a specific performance in a single film. For the first six ceremonies, the eligibility period spanned two calendar years. I mean, think about how many awards, if this was still in place, like let's say Bruce Willis would have won. And how many like right. how many movies he's cranking out in one year. And it's it's yeah. it's like the, it's everything. It's not just one particular film. Yeah, but would it, Bad Boys for Life subtract away from King mm-hmm. George or King Richard, whatever it is? King Richard. Yes. Yeah. If it's in the same calendar year, yeah. That, uh, that might have been tough. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so in uh, in 1957 at the 29th ceremony, uh, the best foreign language film category, now known as best international feature film, was introduced. Until then, foreign language films have been honored with the Special Achievement Award. Probably a good change. Yeah. The 74th Academy Awards, which was held in 2002, presented the first Academy Award for best animated feature. That's pretty cool. 
Traditionally, the previous year's winner for Best Actor and Best Supporting Actor presented the awards for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. And then vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. On January 9th, 2020, Parasite became the first foreign language film to win Best Picture at the awards ceremony of... Uh, yes, at the awards ceremony. The has 92nd. Has anybody seen Parasite? No. I own it on Amazon. but Haven't quite hit play on it yet. I, I, well... Don't read that fast. Yeah, I mean, I will say it does take some training. Like we, yeah. we basically watch shows and movies with the subtitles on now, mm-hmm. so we've kind of become accustomed to it because we're doing a million other things. We're maybe not 100 yep. percent paying attention, but with that one, you do have to pay attention. It is pretty. It is a pretty great movie. Yeah, um, we can talk later on. Had it, could it have won? Should it have won Best Picture? But I will say, um, it's a pretty solid one. Some awards that have been discontinued. The Best Assistant Director Award that ran in 1932 and 33, as well as, or all the way through 1937. There was also a Best Dance Direction, which shouldn't surprise you, like in the 30s. I mean, there were a lot of dance films. Mm -hmm. It was such a new genre that they were only trying to figure out, uh, let's put Broadway on a screen. The Tonys. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't really, I mean, it was still awards, but now we're putting it right exactly. And then there was also Best Original Story, that ran from 1927, 28, the first award ceremony, all the way to 1956 when they finally got rid of it. Isn't that kind of original screen? Which play? is why they got rid of it, pretty much the big reason why they switched it up. little redundancy. Right. The youngest Oscar winner ever was Tatum O'Neill, who won Best Supporting Actress for Paper Moon in 1973 at just 10 years old. She, she's burning hot, man, this month, and then she was in Bad News Bears, and then had some other things, bad things happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, growing up in Hollywood, mm-hmm. to, to say the least. So the oldest Oscar winner was uh, Christopher Plummer rather recently, uh, who was 82 years old in 2010 for uh, his role in Beginners, Best Supporting Actor. Yeah, I never saw that, but Christopher Plummer is fantastic. Yes. Was fantastic. R.I.P. Peter Finch uh, from Network and Heath Ledger from The Dark Knight are the only actors to be awarded an Oscar posthumously. Um, Ledger's Oscar was gifted to his young daughter, Matilda. Who's been nominated the most? Meryl Streep. 21 times, winning, only winning three. Her most recent win was for the Iron Lady in 2011. Not, she's not... I mean, she, winning she's, th- she's not getting the Hall of Fame with those numbers. I'm what's, sorry. I mean, that's, she's not batting that great, but still winning three is fucking amazing. Winning three is amazing. That's, that's true. Who is one more Best Actresses? Who? Catherine Hepburn. Catherine Hepburn. That may or may not be a question in a second. We'll skip that one. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, let's see. What male has been nominated the most? Jack Nicholson is the most nominated male actor, having received 12, 12 Oscar nominations, beginning with 1969's Easy Rider. I believe he's won two. Is that correct? Yeah. I think you're right. Who has the most Oscars? This is a tricky one. It is, in Hi. fact. Go ahead. It's a tie between Walt Disney and John Williams. Yep. As, and it's, well, I think Disney actually has more total. Because of the... Uh, Got all, like, producing credits yes. throughout the entire his entire yes. career. But, yeah, so if you're thinking, like, person who's produced or been directly involved with every single movie, John Williams is your yeah. guy right there. I mean, yeah. it's crazy how many music awards he's won. Walt Disney has won 22 competitive Oscars, but then also three honorary ones. Right. Which um, out of a total twenty nine or fifty nine nominations. So despite our girl Meryl, uh, twenty one nominations, 
Walt Disney, 59 nominations. That's freaking crazy. He was actually nominated. But he's batting 500. And he's, he's, he's got a much better average. He does have a... Yeah. He's that's, getting Ty, in, that's Ty Cobb category. He's, he's getting in the hall with those. Yeah. He was nominated for one Oscar every year between 1942 and 1963. That's impressive. hmm Oh, that is the question. Yeah. Who has won the most acting awards? Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Yep. Sec- second most? Yeah, but she's won four Oscars, all Best Actresses. Yep. pretty amazing. That's impressive that she didn't do a supporting role. <laughs> right. Is impressive the word you use? Uh, it's impressive that she won for Best Actress each time, yeah. That I think that she hadn't really... She was always the leading lady until yeah. like really later in her career. Mm-hmm. She was nominated for... I think she may have even won Best Supporting Actress like in the 80s at some point. No. She was nominated at least. She was nominated, okay. maybe. And then she won for... Did she win for On Golden Pond? I don't know. Henry Fonda did. I don't know. <laughs> too, too, too many Oscars to Sorry, keep, keep too track many Oscars. of. The second most, Jack Nicholson, Daniel Day-Lewis, and Walter Brennan, all tied with three. And Diane Keaton is the sole actor to be nominated for exactly one award over four consecutive decades. Uh, she won for 77's Annie Hall, lost for 81's Reds, uh, 15 years later received her third nomination for Marvin's Room and her last in 2003, Something's Gotta Give. She's amazing. I will say that I don't necessarily. Uh, I mean, do you guys like Annie Hall? Well, you know what? Let's table that. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about Annie Hall later on. We never saw it. Okay. Well, we got we got lots to talk about Annie Hall. Um, she's one of my least favorite characters in The Godfather. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. think that Kay is just garbage. Anyway. Well, yeah. Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's not Kay. <laughs> I know. She, she's better than Kay. I wanted her to live. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Liza Minnelli became the only Oscar recipient whose parents were also Oscar winners. It's crazy. She nabbed the award for Best Actress for Cabaret in 1972. Her mom was Judy Garland, who won an honorary award in 1939, and her father, Vincent Minnelli, won Best Director for Gigi in 1958. That's a hell of a... Family right yeah, there. That's a good family. A bloodline. Yeah. After the 2002 ceremony, where the show ran for an astounding four hours and 23 minutes, the Academy enacted the 45-second rule. Speeches longer than this time frame are there, therefore cut off. They're, they're cut off by the orchestra. They play the music. They start playing the music. I, I, shut, I, shut the fuck up and get off the stage. Yeah, we could talk about this later, but let's just talk about it now. Like, is, is anybody else more... Is anybody else super uncomfortable when that happens, like when they start playing yes. that music, like yes. we live in the age now of of television, like just just fucking shut it off, just like yeah. like you, or you can you can cut it. I'm a fan as you of, need to. I'm a fan of them pre-recording it and then airing it. I mean, we have technology now where where we're editing on the go. I mean, we're yeah. running things that it doesn't have to be. They shoot it entirely ahead of time they shoot it three hours they start the show three hours beforehand and then they air it three hours later and they're editing on the fly as they're doing that mm-hmm. they edit it like yeah. a live show but then they can cut the long-winded motherfuckers who just won't shut up about right and then it'll be awkward be like oh i wonder why we didn't hear the end of yeah. the speech because he wouldn't shut the fuck up as right. opposed to that awkward music and he's going no i'm not done talking yet it's like all right this is ridiculous <laughs> i mean just put a qr code up you want to hear him drone on and on yeah. there you go you can watch the whole thing you hear that, Academy? We just solved your problem. QR code, scan it. I know you give us QR codes for, to buy like fucking Sprite on television whenever yeah. there's a commercial break. Yeah, you can exactly. certainly do that for the speech. Exactly. Yep. All right. Problem solved. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Ben-Hur and Titanic and The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, are the most successful films in Oscar history. 
They each won 11 Oscars, the latter winning every award for which it was nominated. They're also three of the longest movies <laughs> in Academy yeah. history, and yet the longest Academy Awards still outlasted them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you could have watched that, and then you could have watched one of these and a little bit of another one, too, yes, at the same time. exactly. And Lord of the Rings, I mean, that's pretty sweet. It's pretty solid. I just Clean watched sweep. Yeah. And that's, that's it. it's impressive. It's a pretty great movie. Midnight Cowboy, which came out in 1969, is the only X-rated film to win the Best Picture Award. The only sequel to That's a one Best Picture is? The Godfather Part Two. That is correct. Is that right? Godfather Part Two, And the only third part of a trilogy to be nominated for an Academy Award is Godfather, Godfather Part Three. Which, listen, I, I, to the, I will stand up for Godfather 3. I say this a lot. It's not as bad of a movie as everyone puts it no, up. No, it's not. There were good Coppola moments, but maybe we should have this as a separate podcast, uh, it, uh, talking it, about it, the Godfather. It should be. We, we've, t- we've covered it in previous episodes, yeah. but I want to reiterate again that it's not as bad as everyone makes it <laughs> no, out to be. No, it's not. It's like, it's like re- it's, you're comparing a movie to two of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It's obviously not going to live up to it. Yes. It would be crazy if it did. And then, uh, oh, the red carpet is 500 feet long and is 16,500 square feet. That's a little indulgent. That's no joke. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I've skipped the uh, shortest no, acceptance. No, uh, that one's and perfect. the record for the shortest acceptance speech is shared by renowned director Alfred Hitchcock and William Holden. They both simply said, thank you. <laughs> that's all you need to say. Well, Hitchcock, Hitchcock had to wait for a while, so that's pretty impressive that he uh, just said that and that's yeah. he exit stage. Now, but he had Rebecca. So, I mean, he, he at least his movie won. Yeah. Okay. In now to what we need to talk about, the most important part of the, ep- of the episode, is we're going to talk about, we're going to break down each category, and we're going to pull out certain uh, people or things or movies that were given awards based on category the year, and then also maybe mention some other nominees or maybe people who should have been nominated or nominated that year. And, and do we think these, these people deserved this award? Am I articulating this well? I feel like I'm, I'm like... No, no, yeah, I got it. Yeah, should so these people have won? Yeah, should these people have won compared to who they were nominated against? Okay. Or is there anybody else in that year who had a performance that should have who been got, nominated instead of Who got snubbed? Guys? Yeah. The Oscar snubs. The snub. Oscar snubs. It's fun to search that. Okay, let's start with the first category, which is Best Music. So in 1969, the winner of Best Music was Round Midnight by Herbie Hancock. And I just like the name Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock. Okay. The alliteration is fun. But, okay, best music. Here are some other ones that were out. I'm not saying that uh, Round Midnight wasn't great, but here are the other nominees that year. Aliens, James Horner. Hoosiers, Jerry Goldsmith. The Mission, uh, Ennio Maricone. And then Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home by Leonard Rosenman. I believe that arguments could be made for Hoosiers and also most definitely The Mission. For an epic film like The Mission, and I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. I have, yeah. Um, it was touching. And then the the way that the music influences you as they're in the state championships uh, in Indianapolis and Hoosiers is like, I mean, that brings you right into the movie. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Round Midnight. I don't but I think sometimes the uh, trendy guy gets, yeah, gets the award. I'm sure the music's it's political amazing, too. So. But how the fuck did Hoosiers not win? That's my. That's the question. I'm, that's, yeah. that's just my. <laughs> right. I'm gonna just say that a lot. That's gonna be my go, my go-to yeah. line. How the fuck did Hoosiers not win? Right. <laughs> and and good point. Even then, in '86, it was a well-renowned film, and mm-hmm. and and actually, um, what's his name? Uh, Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman 
thought it was a complete flop. After he yeah. got done filming, he was like, this is the fucking worst thing ever. And right. then all of a sudden it started coming in. People were in love with it. And I think the music did a lot for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next nominee. This is 1990. These are not necessarily in year order, by the way. Dances with Wolves wins Best Music by John Barry. Very great. Okay. Solid choice. I, that was a very solid choice. But let me give you a few other ones. We got Avalon by Randy Newman. We got Ghost by Maurice Jara, Havana by Dave Grusin, and then Home Alone by John Williams. I'll just say, how the fuck did Home Alone not win? There you go. <laughs> John Williams wrote a new Christmas song. Right. You know I, how hard that is to do? I know. <laughs> Ask right. Mariah Carey. And that's, that's, last, that's lasted over 30 years. Yeah. And I'm not saying, listen, I know that the soundtrack for, or the music for Dances with Wolves is, is great. When's the last time you guys watched Dances with Wolves? Is that an annual go-to? No, for me, it's kind of an anytime movie. If it's on, I'm, I'll, I can sit and watch it. That, that's, okay. I, if it's on, if you're like watching TNT. I'm not seeking, yep, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'm not seeking out, but I do seek out Home Alone every year. Yeah, okay. To watch it. That's a movie you have to watch for Christmas. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So are we agreeing, Home Alone? I, I agree. How the fuck did Home Alone not win? Okay, all right. Next nominee for Best Music. This is 1995. Pocahontas wins that year. Pocahontas, uh, that's Alan Menken, who does the music and orchestral score, as well as Stephen Schwartz, who does the lyrics. Other nominees that year. We have The American President, Mark Shaman, Sabrina, John Williams, Toy Story by Randy Newman. Don't mm. need to keep going on. Unstrung no, Heroes by Thomas Newman. You don't need to. No. You, you could have stopped at Toy Story. Go ahead. Say, say the words. It's your turn. Why is it my turn? How the fuck did Toy Story Night win? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Pocahontas, it, it is a good... I, I don't... My wife probably mad at me. I'm pretty sure she likes Pocahontas a lot. I was not the biggest fan. Even if you like it, you cannot deny that Toy Story is, is exponentially better. Yeah. And the music itself. And if you didn't know who Randy Newman was before that one came out, you sure as hell know who Randy Newman is now. Like He's right. part of the like lexicon of film. Yep. music, right? You should have known him from Major League. I was going to all hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we all know him from, obviously. That's, not, that's not what I know him from, but absolutely. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Okay. This one is maybe a little controversial, and I'm just curious what your guys' opinions are. So the, the winner, Titanic, James Horner, 1997. Good. I think that you guys are actually on, you're on my side here. So other nominees that year, Amistad by John Williams. I don't know if this is the same John Williams, but I'm pretty sure it is, and he's just he's in it. It. He, he does everything. He's yeah. making it happen. Goodwill Hunting by Danny Elfman. Your boy. My boy. You it's love, a dead you, man's party. You, you love you some Danny Elfman. <laughs> I love Danny Elfman. Yeah, Cundin, Oingo Boingo fan. Oingo right? Boingo. I'm a big Oingo Boingo fan. Yeah. If you listen to the Back to School episode, you'll know how much I do, in fact, love Oingo Boingo. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Listening to that on the way down. Oh, she's good. It's a good choice. Uh, another film, a person was nominated, Cundin by Philip Glass. And then L.A. Confidential by Jerry Goldsmith. So I get why Titanic won. Because mm-hmm. Titanic won everything. It won that everything year. that year. But going back and listening to the music, I don't, I mean, I think that Goodwill Hunting, for me, like that is Elliot Smith at its best. And just mm-hmm. the music, I know it's not technically best music, but it is the music that makes up the film, it tells the story. I think that the music that's composed in Goodwill Hunting is incredible. And honestly, you could argue Amistad's actually just as powerful, if not right. a winner there. Yeah. It, it, I wonder sometimes, because John Williams has been nominated so often, if it's like, well, we can't give it to him every year, even though what he does is 
John Williams better. fatigue. There's, I, I don't know if you guys have ever gone to see the symphony where they're doing the movies or the movie music. I saw things. it with, uh, uh, this goes against the thing I hate now, but Game of Thrones. I saw it for Game oh, of Thrones. It was, nice. it was incredible. I saw the music of John Williams being performed. And they told a story when they were about to do the Schindler's List music. And, and uh, John Williams watched the cut of that film, got up, walked out, and just devastated by the film, of course. And Steven Spielberg had to go and chase him down. And he found him, and Williams said, I can't do it. You need a better composer. I'm not up to the task. You need someone better. And Steven Spielberg looked him in the eye, and he said, you're right, I do, but they're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. That's <laughs> yeah, classic. So, uh, well, fucking thank you, Steven Spielberg, for right? keeping John Williams in the game. Because man, he's done some amazing things. Yep. All right. Well, I get I get why Titanic won there, but I, I, for me, I'm I'm I think you I think you go back in time. I don't think Titanic wins half those awards. I don't no. think Titanic has aged as well as it as it maybe people thought it would. Good Will Hunting has that that movie. Holds that movie up. holds up strong. Yeah. yeah. All right, Goodwill Hunting. How the fuck did you not win? All right, <laughs> next category. So we're, so we're past best music. We're on to best original song. Didn't really pull up all the nominees here. I really right. just pulled I pulled one or two that I was like, I, I don't know how this one didn't win. Right. I don't even know half these songs. So mm-hmm. the first one is the song. This is the winner. Fame from the movie Fame, performed by Irene Cara. Is anybody familiar with that movie? Yep. Lambert, are you familiar with that movie? I mean, I know of it. I've never seen you it. You know what Fame is? That year, the winner, the, and shit. the winner should have been 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. No question. That should have been, possibly should have been the best picture over ordinary people. Oh, even, oh, even best picture. Yeah. Oh, so you're, 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 even, you're, you're not even saying he's, it just shouldn't just only win original song. We're, yeah. we're giving it best picture, He's, he's, too. Do, he's yeah. doubling down. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Dabney Coleman's awesome. I, yes, he is. I think that movie is great. And, and I think that song, again, I get it. I know there's age gaps. I understand that. But at the same mm-hmm. time, 9 to 5. Even if you don't know that movie, you know that song. Right. Exactly. All right. That one should have won. All right. 1981. The winner is the Arthur's theme. It's called Best That You Can Do. It's from the movie Arthur. It's performed by Christopher Cross. Here's my nominee for who should have won that year. It's Endless Love by Lionel Richie. I'm going to disagree with that. Okay. Who should have won? You think I, that I like I like Arthur's theme. You like the Arthur's theme. I love that movie. Oh. I love that theme. It... it, it Put you in New York. Okay. Maybe I am just not that well. Maybe I just I'm not. I mean, I like the movie Arthur a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it is a fun movie. And I do think that song is like, that's like his, wherever right. he's on the screen, he's like off doing right, things. He always plays in the background. Wailing sax going on. Yeah. And maybe it's Endless Love just because of the way that the throwback from uh, from uh, Happy Gilmore got me. <laughs> yeah. Lambert, well, that's the Happy Gilmore, Endless Love. Absolutely. Okay. What? Friends listen to. Endless love in the dark. Yeah, right. Okay. It's getting very scary. So that one, that one, all right, maybe that's not a unanimous, but those are just my thoughts. 1998. The winner is the song When You Believe, and it's uh, it's from The Prince of Egypt, performed by Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. Those are some pretty heavy hitters. I get why they win. But here's who I think should have won. Nope. 
I don't want to miss a thing by no. Aerosmith for Armageddon. No. You guys no. are out of your That's fucking for mind. No. You guys are out of your fucking mind. No. That, Absolutely not. I will die on this hill. When's the last time you sung the song <laughs> When You Believe? When's the last time you heard that anywhere? I don't care. Every time I hear I don't want to miss a thing, I want to shoot myself in the head. But you know it. And it's I because it gives you some scene. type of visceral reaction. That's all I care about. It's not a good one. <laughs> it's uh, not a, oh my God, here's an Oscar winning song. No. Oh here's a tick that's just in my brain. Rad. Just freaking... <laughs> <laughs> which, I which I would argue is why it's an even better, more memorable song. It, it should have won. Memorable has nothing to do with it. it this looked, is best song, not oh, what's the most played song on the radio can, that wants but, to make me kill myself? I, but can I? The category is best original song. They wrote that best. for the movie. I understand they wrote that for the movie. I don't care. <laughs> There's been a lot right. of songs written for a movie. So you're being, you're not being very, sub, you're not being very subjective about this. You're oh, being, he's being, I'm sorry, 100%, you're being 100% subjective. You're, not, you're, you're being subjective. no, you're being no, no, you have no objectivity. You're not, it, like, yeah. it should not have won, and I'm glad it didn't. Oh man, well, if I, I have a time Armageddon. machine, that's one of the first I, I don't, things I don't, I'm doing. I don't have a problem with Armageddon. I just can't stand that song. I don't understand it. All right, well, we got to move it on. It should have been, it should have been Ben Affleck singing "Leaving on a Jet Plane." That should have won. Hey, I would I would have supported go. that too. I like it. Anything from Armageddon. You hate Armageddon. I love Armageddon. I don't Anything hate Armageddon. I just don't like that song. Mm. I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can hit, hit, dislike that song and like the movie. Because Do you like it, Animal because Crackers? It, because it comes on. I want to see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Because there's only little hints of it in the movie. You don't actually hear it until the credits, and then you can turn it off. I think those credit scenes are some of the best end credit scenes of every film. You get to <laughs> see you get to see the whole the whole funeral slash wedding. Yep. It's a whole thing. It's a whole it's a whole separate movie. Don't, don't care. Click. Much like it's like a it's a it's music like, video. Change it the channel. It's a music video. Change the channel. It's time to watch Deep Impact. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> now we definitely have to move on because now you obviously you're drunk. All right. Next category: best animated feature. 2012, the film Brave wins. A lot of people love that movie. I, I actually enjoy the movie a lot. Here are some other nominees that year. Frank and Weenie, Paranorman, The Pirates. I'm just naming all of them. That's saying all of these should win. The Pirates, Band of Misfits, and lastly, Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph wins it for me, in, that, in, my, in my opinion. Uh, I disagree with the premise of the category, to be honest with you. Okay, How, explain. Uh why does it have to be a best animated movie? It's discriminatory against animated movies. Animated movies could be great movies. For instance, in 1990, Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture. I do. I will agree with a you. Scanner that Darkly could have been considered. Oh, I like Scanner uh, Darkly. That's a fucked up movie, but I really appreciate it. So uh, a, uh, that one Iranian movie, the Persifa something or other, right? These are all good movies that happen to be animated. Why does the Academy say, oh, it's... It doesn't say best live action picture. It says best picture. I will say, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 100% double down. I do think it's unfair that there are animated films that aren't nominated anymore for best picture. Mm -hmm. It's like they made this category, now they can just pull them all out. Right. Completely ignore them. Because there are some pretty, I mean, Toy Story 4, uh, that got me more than any other movie has gotten me right. in the last 20 years. I'm going to tell you that <laughs> right. Besides Braveheart. And that was actually longer than 20 years ago. So right. it still stands. All right. Rocket yeah. Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph, I would say, is... It's just a better movie. Yeah. Brave, I mean, Brave retells the same story. Mm -hmm. Wreck-It Ralph is a brand new take on 21st... You know, mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, at least for me, it, it the fact that there's so much pop, so many pop culture references with video games that we like grew up and loving and playing, 
that's why I think it's a, it's a superior superior film. Yeah. Got you. Got another um, or another one for animated feature. This is in 2011. Rango wins this one. Johnny Depp. Other nominees that year: Cat in Paris, Chico and Rita. I don't know what those two are, but I do know these next two: Kung Fu Panda 2 and P- Puss in Boots. Have you guys seen either of those? I've mm. seen Puss in Boots. I think I've seen Puss in Boots. Guys, the winner on here is the one you haven't seen is Kung Fu Panda 2. This should have been the second movie to sequel to win some type of Academy really? Award. <laughs> and I don't even I don't even care who knows it. I think Kung Fan Kung Fu Panda 2 is one of the most best animated films I've seen. It is All right. unbelievable. I'll have to It's funny, I'll it's clever. It. I'll have to check it out. Guys, all right, check it out. Next category, <laughs> best supporting actress. So we've got in 1955, really throwing it back here, but I, but there are some some big hitters on here. We got Joe Van Fleet. You guys all know Joe Van mm-hmm. Fleet, right? Of course. As mm-hmm. Kathy Ames, yeah, duh. slash Kate Trask in East of Eden, her second best role. Yeah, pretty great. I know. Sure. I, I could tell your sarcasm there. <laughs> some other nominees that year. We got Betsy Blaris, Clara, who plays Clara Snyder in Marty. We got Peggy Lee as Rose Hopkins in uh, Pete Kelly's Blues. Marissa Pavern as Rose Del Rose in the Rose Tattoo. And finally, Natalie Wood as Judy in Rebel Without a Cause. I, I don't know how Natalie Wood doesn't win this award. Uh, East of Eden's a classic work. Steinbeck yeah. and a good portrayal against the same actor that raised Natalie Wood's performance. Yeah. Um, so uh, Do you think that if to this me, g- that's a toss-up between those two, but... Don't you think that like I think I actually think that if this this a movie like this comes out now like you know Rebel Without a Cause versus like the classic Beast of Eden mm-hmm. I think if it's flip flopped now mm-hmm. I think they they reward a lot of like the artsy type right you know right small studio type productions so if that gets made now I think Natalie Wood wins it yeah probably yeah all right a little more new age 1997 Kim Basinger plays Lynn Bracken in L.A. Confidential again this is Best Supporting Actress mm. I mean I. Mm. I was shocked to like even like remember that this happened. Mm. So here are some other nominees that year. Joan Cusack plays Emily in In and Out, the wife. That was fun. Minnie Driver plays Skylar in Goodwill Hunting. She was great. Juliana Moore plays Amber Waves in Boogie Nights. She should have won. Gloria Stewart plays Rose Dawson in Titanic. Why the Ugh. fuck was she nominated? I don't know. Ugh. So so that so we can cross that one off. Shouldn't have been nominated in the first place. <sighs> right. I mean, those first three, I don't, the, all three of those are better performances than than Kim Basinger. Honestly, she just plays like the the dam in distress sort of. Right. Like the she's just kind of there. Yeah. I, I just I, I don't know how Minnie Driver or Julianne Moore aren't like the clear. I think Julianne Moore, by far and away. I mean that mm-hmm. the, she was good. She, but Minnie Driver, yeah. yes, w- w- her breakdown when they broke up that was tough, but. Julianne and the Moore, way when she the, tells that joke too, that's yeah, pretty, pretty good. that was fun. But the nuanced <laughs> performance of Julianne Moore, yeah, and and the multi layers of her being a parent, being in the industry she's in, her not being able to see her child that that was real visceral pain, yeah, that um, you could feel through the screen, and I think it, it was deserving of the award. Mm-hmm. I agree, Julianne Moore. How the fuck did you not win yes. Best Supporting Actress? And last nominee for this category, Penelope Cruz. Wins as Maria Elena in Vicky Cristina Barcelona in 2008. Here's some other nominees that year. Amy Adams as Sister James in Doubt. Viola Davis as Mrs. Miller in Doubt. That was cleaning it up. 
uh, Taraji P. Henson as Queenie in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and Marissa Tomei as Cassidy slash Pam in The Wrestler. I mean, I, I have a pick here. I don't know if anybody has any uh, immediate reactions. I don't really have I, anything. I don't I know think. how I, I, Marissa Tomei is so good in, in The Wrestler. It's great. But Viola Davis, for the amount of time that she spent on screen, Ugh, it, you're it, right. just uh, was amazing. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think either of those two should come out of there. I, for me, I'm like, Marissa Tomei needs to win more awards, I think. Viola yes. Davis like has won a few, mm-hmm. but she could also win a million as well. And I'd be totally fine with it. I mean, honestly, Amy Adams, all these are great actresses for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she hasn't popped her chair yet. But yeah, that's 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 a t- that's a tough beat. That's a tough Penelope Cruz win there. Yeah. I, think, I don't think that holds up very well. If the when the ballot gets split, so if people were fans of Doubt, and then the ballot splits between Amy Adams and Viola Davis, then that opens the door. You're saying this is a real George Bush uh, Ross Perot situation. Could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about that before we started recording. <laughs> All right, you don't get many uh, pro references. All right, next category, we've got Best Supporting Actor. We've got a few snubs here. Tommy Lee Jones wins as U.S. Marshal Samuel Gerard in The Fugitive in 1993. Best Supporting Actor. Basically, he wins because he said the word, the, the line, I don't I care. I don't care. Yeah. He wins for saying that, essentially, in my opinion. Here's some other people that were nominated this year. Well, and Hollywood I, also loves a comeback. So Okay, that's fair. Um, well, he, he had a hell of a comeback in um, Batman uh, Forever, or Batman Returns. So No, under, Batman Forever. And Batman Under forever. Siege. So. And under Siege. Yeah, I mean, knife, best knife skating sk- fighting skills? That's probably an MTV movie, movie award. Can't believe he lost. <laughs> okay. All right. He did lose. You're right. Other nominees that year. This is going to, this, 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 this year in particular, yeah. pissed me the, f- the fuck off. Leo as Arnie Grape in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Mm-hmm. Ralph Fiennes as Amon Goth, or Goeth. German, Umlauts, yeah. and uh, Schindler's List. John Malkovich as Mitch Leary in the in in, in the Line of Fire, and Pete uh, Postlewaite Postle as Postle Giuseppe Carmone in In the Name of the Father. It should have been Pete Postlewaite. You think so? Really? Oh, man, I was I was going to say Ralph Fiennes. He was great. Oh man, I mean, but can we at <laughs> least we all agree that all four of these. Yeah, oh, better yeah. than Tommy Lee Jones, right? <laughs> nah, I mean, I love The Fugitive. I will watch that all the time. I, yeah, I, uh, I, totally I think agree. that I, I disagree about Leonardo DiCaprio for a little bit, only because it's um, and I don't mean this insultingly, right? To to play that character, you can't play it super nuanced because there is no nuance there, and so uh, it's a shtick. And once you get your shtick down, then you're delivering the lines in that. Shtick. I think a, I think a, in a, our current like yeah. culture, like you look back on people that are playing people with any type of like right disability or whatever you want to call it, like it's really hard to watch now. Yeah. And and it's also like they're going with what the information they had and they were probably sure. taking some liberties that where they probably shouldn't mm-hmm. have. If yeah, you, and it, you, does, if, it doesn't offend me because it's cultural cultural appropriation or anything yeah. like that. That doesn't bother me. I, I you're an actor, act. Right. Uh, so that that part doesn't bother me at all. It's just I think it's it's difficult to show the emotions are happy and sad. Yeah, he does a really good job at the sad, he, especially. Oh, absolutely, no question especially about at it. A pretty I think young it was age. a very good performance. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad he finally did win an award. Yeah, but but they gave him that award for Wolf of Wall Street. 
Oh, yeah, we can talk. <laughs> he should, he should, there's a lot, of reasons, a lot of ones he should have won and not yeah. not won, and when he did win, shouldn't have won, maybe. Yeah, there were some better performances. Yeah, but Ray Fiennes, Ray Fiennes was fantastic. Ray Fiennes is so good. I mean, yeah. I, I will defer to you for Pete, and I, it sounds like you're deferring to me for, yeah, for, for, for Fiennes. Do you have a pick, Lambert? You no, could be the tiebreaker. Really. No, not really. Just pick John Malkovich, because I do like him a lot. In I, I was just going to say, I do like him a lot in the line of fire. I mean... It, I like all these guys. Like, like you said, like I love the Fugitive, and that's kind of the beginning. I think Tommy Lee Jones was great in the Fugitive, but yeah, was he probably better than these guys? Yeah, yeah. I think Johnny Depp's great in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He's not a, the best actor of the year that year, mm-hmm. though. But I think we're also True. seeing a, in a timeline here that that actors who are performing in Clint Eastwood movies are starting to get more and more nominations. So the year before it was Unforgiven mm-hmm. and Gene Hackman. Uh, this is John Malkovich in the line of fire. So, what are we going to see in the other years? Probably right? one we're going to argue about here in a minute. <laughs> Next person, Martin Lando, wins as Bella Lugosi in Ed Wood in 1994. Here's some other nominees that year Samuel Jackson as Jules in Pulp Fiction, Chaz Palminteri as Cheech in Bold Silver Broadway, Paul Schofield as Mark Van Doren in Quiz Show, and Gary Sinise as Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump. <laughs> What's mm. give me some Samuel? I, I totally, I totally agree. I also really like Gary Sinise. I think he's good in that, but I think I, I really do like Chaz, Chaz Terry too. But I really like Martin Landau. Yeah, I th- I love a comedy. I love seeing a comedic performance work, and uh, I, love I loved it. But yes, Samuel Jackson was. I mean, my a, heart goes with prof- Samuel. Jackson. I think a it's a hard to look at the lace. Right. Laden performance. And it's really hard to look back on 94 and see all the winners and see that Pulp Fiction basically won nothing. I mean, like one award that whole year. And it's yeah, really a pretty... It won screenplay, right? Screenplay. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Original screenplay, mm-hmm. yeah. It's kind of a travesty, honestly. Okay, next we've got, in 1998, James Coburn as Glenn Whitehouse in Affliction. Other nominees that year. Robert Duvall as Jerome Facker in A Civil Action. He's like the, the really... High up, higher up, defense attorney for like one of the, anyway, mm-hmm. the old school law firm. Ed Harris as Kristoff in the Truman Show. Jeffrey Rush as Philip Henslow in Shakespeare in Love. Billy Bob Thornton as Jacob Mitchell in A Simple Plan. And John Goodman as Walter Subject in The Big Lebowski, who was not nominated, by the way. He, he's he's my I add on of someone, by the way, who happened yeah. to act in a film that year during in 1998. Right. So that's my that's my I don't know how the fuck I don't know how Goodman's not nominated at least, right? I, I for me I don't know how he doesn't win the whole thing, but His, it's a goddamn travesty he wasn't nominated. They didn't pay enough money to get nominated. He didn't play the game. I get it. Yeah, uh, I I love Jeffrey Rush in Shakespeare and Love. Robert Duvall he can do no wrong. Yeah, uh, I think Ed Harris is Chris. Ed Harris was great. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's another movie that's. So underrated. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think Absolutely. that I think that's Jim Carrey's but, best performance. But they have to give James Coburn a Lifetime Achievement Award without giving him the Lifetime Achievement Award, and yeah. so they they do that. Yeah, that's pretty pretty obnoxious. Yes. All right. Best actress. Now to the big the big the big boys and girls. Best actress. Emma Stone wins as Mia Dolan in La La Land. Other nominees that year: Isabel Hubert as Michelle LeBlanc in Ellie. Ruth uh, Nega Nega as Mildred Loving in Loving, Natalie Portman as Jacqueline Jackie Kennedy in Jackie, and Meryl Streep as Florence Foster Jenkins in Florence Foster Jenkins. 
Just give it to Merrill. Let her up that average. I don't know why Merrill doesn't win. I don't know why Natalie Portman doesn't win because she does an amazing rendition Mm -hmm. of the portrayal of Jackie. I I don't think I have a problem with any of them winning. I just, I don't like La La Land. (laughs) I I don't know what all the hoopla was about it. I dog in the fight. I I thought La La Land was fine. I thought it it? was good to see her um, singing and dancing. Okay, that was good. She showed talents that we didn't know she necessarily had. Yeah. See, that that was me with American Hustle. Yeah, like, like what was and, all the fucking talk like, about? And, like, and, and and honestly, like it got yeah. it got nominated for so much stuff, and it didn't win a fucking thing. And I'm like, yes, just shouldn't have. That it was shouldn't justice, have. Yeah. It sh- like I didn't yeah. like I saw that movie, and I'm like, so we got it. So what? We yeah. get it. What's his name? Oh, Russell. Cool. You can do hip camera angles, yeah. but right. like, like you're you're basically retelling was... three stories in the same storyline. Well, and like at new. the end, yeah. there was no point. When's it Jeremy Renner going to blow some shit up? It just kind of, it just yeah. kind of, like the movie just kind of ended. And then What's, that was it. So, like, when it got nominated for a yeah. bunch of stuff, I was like, oh my God. And then it didn't win. I'm like, good. You shouldn't have won a thing. Well, you yep. shouldn't, you shouldn't never been nominated. I don't know why. The, the wife Doesn't and I matter. watched Island and we felt the same way. We're like, and, it, yep. and we, it's because we, I think maybe because we are musical folks, we like to go to and lots right. of musicals in Broadway. And it was just like, I don't know. I just didn't, eh. I didn't get it. And also, it also ended. I don't know. I didn't like. The, I, just, I didn't really like anything about it. All right, <laughs> it looked cool. It did look very cool. I love Natalie Portman so much, though. So that's my. That's my. Who should have won? Next or next next uh, person. 1998. Gwyneth Paltrow as Viola de Lesseps in Shakespeare in Love. Other nominees that year: Kate Blanchett as Queen Elizabeth I in Elizabeth. Uh, Fernanda Montenegro as Isadora Dora. Texiera in Te- Central Station. Tejera. Tejera. Meryl Streep as Kate Gildan in One True Thing. And Emily Watson as Jacqueline Dupre. I butchered that for sure. In Hillary and Jackie. Just give it to Meryl. Let her up that average. I'm just kidding. I'm, I, I'm just saying that. I put this on here because I. this is another film that I don't know why everyone was so fucking obsessed with this movie. Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love. Love. I'll die on that hill. You, I you, love it. So you get I it. I love okay. it. Will you explain to me why it's so great? <laughs> I come from a theater background. Okay. It was a unique take on Shakespeare, okay. which is, who's, I think, the undisputed best playwright of all time. But um, and, Yeah. And uh, it was an introduction to people that I hadn't seen before. Uh, as far as the movie is concerned, I'm not mm-hmm. spe- speaking specifically about Gwyneth Paltrow, but I'll get there. Uh, first time I'd ever seen, um, what's his name from the King's Speech? Uh, I'm forgetting his Jeffrey name. Jeffrey Rush. Nope. The F- other guy. Fines. Nope. Not Ray Fines. The other one. His brother. Nope. Not, uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen him, but uh, no. Shit. Um, I'll remember it in a little bit, but he played the king in the king's speech. Oh, um, God damn it. I love, I love him so much. <laughs> right. Move Colin on. Firth. Colin Firth. Oh, yes. Great. And so, um, so it was the first time I'd, I'd ever seen him and I thought he was amazing as well. Uh, I love the way that the tor- story tied together and, um, in with the stage projection and there were a lot of theater tropes in there too. Gwyneth Paltrow, Thought her performance was great. She was very young. She was beautiful. I believed everything she did. I believed her accent. I I just I do think, I will say, good for Gwyneth. I I, I want to go back and maybe rewatch that movie. I haven't watched it in a while. I didn't take to it. But maybe maybe now that I'm mm. more into musicals, I may appreciate it more. Right. Play and plays and whatnot. Um, 
Like, like I mean, don't sleep on Kate Blanchett there. No, that's Kate true. Kate Blanchett is a freaking number one, a chameleon. I mean, yeah. the amount of things she's been in, you're like, it's like mm-hmm. a brand new person. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I, I can never tell like what scale of beautiful she is. It really, she fu- she fucks <laughs> me up. Right. All right. Yeah, Ocean's Eight was just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I forgot she was in that one. Uh, next category. So we're on to now we're on to best actor. Moving on from best actress. So we've got first nominee. We've got uh, Frederick March in 1946 as Platoon Sergeant Al Stevenson in the best years of our lives. Other ne- nominees this year. There there are a lot of big hitters here. Laurence Olivier as King Henry V of King Henry of of England in Henry V. Sorry. Larry Parks as Al Johnson in the Johnson story, the Jolson story. Gregory Peck as Ezra Penny Baxter in The Yearling, and James Stewart as George Bailey in It's a Wonderful Life. I know that this is this is like I have no idea. I I, I, I'm, I, I don't. Yeah. I read a couple articles about this, and I was trying to figure out like why James Stewart didn't win, and no one could tell me why I can't why he out didn't why. win. That movie was not beloved then. Yeah. As it is now, it was seen kind of as another Capra feel-good okay. movie, and they were dealing with the realities of war in the best years of our life, and so, forever lives, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how he didn't win. Laurence Olivier, great actor, great Shakespearean actor. We all know mm-hmm. who that is. Great on the stage, but... Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know how the fuck James Stewart doesn't win there yeah. for his life. All right. Still throwing this one back a little bit. 1964, Rex Harrison as Professor Henry, Henry Higgins in My Fair Lady. Just saw that show. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen that show ever or yeah. the movie? Yeah. It wasn't bad. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. My bar was pretty low. Other nominees that year, Richard Burton as Thomas Beckett in Beckett. Peter O'Toole as King Henry II of England in Beckett. Anthony Quinn as Alexis Zorba in Zorba the Greek. And finally, Peter Sellers as... Group Captain Lionel Mandrake, also President Merkin Muffley, and Dr. Strangelove in Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Caring and Love to Learn the Bomb, or Love Learn to How Love I the Bomb. How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Love the Bomb, thank you. Yeah. And it's a long title. Yeah. Despite fucking up and butchering the name, how the fuck does Peter how Sellers not, Peter not Sellers? win? There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yep. Right here. Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure that Rex Harrison is amazing and Professor Henry Higgins, but having watched the show, I don't know what what range of acting abilities he could have possibly done on screen to come anywhere close to Peter Sellers. There was no range. He was just a misogynist. That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah he, and that's, and that's all he is. I mean, yeah. He teaches her how to like, anyway, fucking yeah. Peter Sellers. He's creepy misogynist because she was like 18 or 19 right. and he was in his Doesn't know any better. He's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Peter Sellers, we're with you on that one. Okay. Next nominee, 1974. We got Art Carney as Henry Kumbis. Harry. Oh, what did I say? Harry. But, I mean, you Harry, said Henry. Henry, sorry. Art Carney is Henry. Harry. Art Carney Harry is Combs. Harry Combs in Harry and Tonto in 1974. Other nominees that year. Albert Finney as Hercule Poirot. Poirot. Poirot in Murder on the Orient Express. Hercule Poirot. Sorry. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Clearly you haven't seen that movie. Clearly I've not. I've not. <laughs> I haven't. I know. I, I haven't even seen the new one. I haven't seen any of right. it. Dustin Hoffman is Lenny Bruce and Lenny. Jack Nicholson as J.J. Jake uh, Giddies in Chinatown, and Al Pacino is Michael Corleone in The Godfather Part Two. I know what you think is going to win. It's between Jack Nicholson and Michael Corleone. Jack Nicholson, it's a, it was a neo noir at the time, and so it was very much 
his bogey impersonation, mm-hmm. you know, his Sam Spade type of investigator, but it was a good, solid performance. Uh, but Al Pacino. I don't know how Al Pacino doesn't win here. I think it's crazy. And, I, and I, this may be another situation where, um, I mean, wasn't there some controversy here of whether it should be Al Pacino or whether it should be um, Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro is yeah. like the lead. Yeah. yeah. Who's the lead? Who's the lead? Yeah. I, I will say also, yeah, it is Al Pacino for me. But I will say, don't sleep on Dustin Hoffman. If you guys have never seen the Lenny Bruce story or Lenny, oh, yeah. he he's, plays a pretty good Lenny Bruce. Mm-hmm. Lenny Bruce is a fun character. If you watch the show, um, the the marvelous Miss Maisel right now, mm-hmm. that's a big character, and I'm very fascinated by everything Lenny Bruce right now because I'm so into that so into that show. Oh, okay. So speaking of Al Pacino, in 1992, he finally gets an award as Lieutenant Colonel Frank Slade in Scent of a Woman. Again, lifetime achievement award given for a single role. Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. Here's who's nominated that year, despite us doing that, remembering that. RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. is Charlie Chaplin in Chaplin. Great. Clint Eastwood as William Money in Unforgiven. Stephen Ray as Fergus in the, in the Crying Game. And Denzel Washington as Malcolm X in Malcolm X. You got some pretty good performances yeah. there. Denzel. I, I mean, he was great. I thought he was Malcolm X. Yeah. Right? I mean, talk about your chameleon. And I think mm-hmm. I think he should win here. And this is a whole this is a whole like a domino. This effect. is a domino. If he effect. doesn't win here, or if he wins here, then he because sh- he sh- I don't think he should have won for training, um, day. training day. Yeah. He was great in training day. But there are other people that year that I thought were better. Yeah, I think even Leo was nominated that year for something. Well, and you could make the argument that like you keep going back, like had Al Pacino won in '74, then he doesn't have to win in ninety. Then he, he doesn't, doesn't have to win in '92, and then they give it to someone else, and then and then on down the line. And then that butterfly effect. And he, and honestly, right, exactly. let's let's put a pin in this. Let's remember, this is the kind of stupid shit the fucking academy does. This is and we all know what it. they do. You're like, ah, you gave it to him because he should have won three times before this, but you fucked those up. When so Scorsese finally won his, yeah. And, and, and that's not to say that. that I do think that Departed. Oh, Departed was a fantastic movie, yeah. but like, but it wasn't Goodfellas. Exactly. Like yeah. he should have won it before, and they fight. Like he finally made something that was like, okay, that's close enough. We're giving it to him. Right. And yeah, there's no heartstrings pulling on any other movie that year, so they can give it to the best. Exactly, yeah. mm-hmm. exactly. All right, so up next, next category: best adapted screenplay. We've got two nominees for this one. The first one is Forrest Gump, written by or adapted by Eric Roth in 1994. Other adaptees <laughs> that year: the you, Ma- you just need to name one. The well, I can, <laughs> I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna name them all, but I, the, the last two are the ones that matter. Because I think the second to last one is actually pretty good. The Madness of King George by Alan Bennett. Nobody's Fool by Robert Benton. I'm sure they're great. Quiz Show by Paul uh, Adonacio. I fucking love. I really like Quiz Show a lot. But the winner. How does this not win? How does this not fucking win? The Shawshank Redemption by Frank Darabont. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, that's criminal right there. Yep. And, and I get, uh, listen, and I understand it, Forrest Gump. And made, for, made, and made Forrest Gump was the it movie. Hot, heartstrings. It was the it movie. Yep. And just... And the madness of King George is good, but it's a it's a okay movie surrounded or surrounding a great performance, and that's that sometimes elevates the movies higher than they should be. Well, I don't I don't know if this is this is a knock against it or a knock for it, but the fact that Forrest Gump is like a full novel, The Shawshank Redemption is not. It's like a short it's story. It's a short story. So yeah. is that good or bad? Who cares? I, I'm just saying. Like, think of all. I'm thinking it from the voting perspective. Right. I'm just asking a question. I don't know. Think the of everything they, they had don't to leave out of Forrest Gump. Nobody. Or all listen, the things they had to come up with. Books. All the things they had to come up with, though, yeah. for Shawshank Redemption. 
Yeah, but not much. I mean, you know, when you're looking at, at that short story, when you extrapolate that out, that's 120 pages. That's two hours of screenplay. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it's it's really it's all there. So you can do a truer adaptation from a short story than you can from a novel. As opposed to now, I think Forrest Gump comes out. I think it's probably like a, a Netflix show. Right. Yeah, and look at Lord of the Rings, where they did three movies, mm-hmm. right, in order to make sure that it was yeah. true to the Fill books. Filling all the gaps. And, yeah. and actually, I could argue that the, the books are so much more simpler than the films are right. in it at all. I mean, completely. Like, the, the books are not that complex. Okay. Next nominee for that same category, Best Adapted Screenplay, we've got Call Me By Your Name by James Ivory in 2017. This is a, most, a very recent one. The other nominees that year, The Disaster Artist, which one, um, or that didn't actually win anything, but Disaster yeah. Artist is great, by Scott Neustadler and Michael Weber. Logan by Scott Frank, Michael Green, and James Mangold. Molly's Game by Aaron Sorkin, and Mudbound by D. Rees and Virgil Williams. I personally, having seen Call Me By Your Name and The Disaster Artist, which I, I do really love The Disaster Artist a lot, if you haven't seen The Room, maybe you don't get it, why it's so ridiculous. Right. I, this is an instance where we were talking about this before we started recording. It's an instance where I do think that like the comic book, they don't get the love that they should. And the movie Logan is so fucking well written. Right. Logan was really like good. for a dark comic book. It was a mm-hmm. western. It, it is right. Yeah, and it sure, it's got the sci-fi comic booky stuff in it, fantasy, whatever you want to call it. But man, it's 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 it really it pulls at the heartstrings. Well, and don't count out Aaron Sorkin. Molly's game was. Hey, and Molly's game was pretty good too. Mudbound was really good. <laughs> There's a lot of good nominees. Mudbound or not, but mm-hmm. it was really, really good. Really, yeah, a lot of good nominees that year. I, 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 I kind of put this one here, knowing this is kind of a year where I think we could probably pull any of those out there. But it, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, I wanted to give Logan the respect there, but the rest of these, True. Aaron Sorkin, amazing, yeah. And I just always want to talk about disaster. If anybody wants ever wants to talk about disaster artists, we could just talk about that movie <laughs> in the room. Okay, next category, we've got Best Original Screenplay. So in Best Original Screenplay, the winner in 1977 is Annie Hall by Woody Allen and Marshall Brinkman. Everyone knows where I'm already going to save this one. Mm-hmm. Here are the other nominees, three other ones, and then Star Wars by George Lucas. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, the key word is original. That, this, is, this is my point. No one had ever... Put on screen, and I, listen. I'm not saying no one's ever done a western. No one's ever done type of a an opera type thing. Or you, obviously, you've got this this antagonist and this this uh, the the what do they call the hero's yeah, journey? It's, it's like melodrama. It. Uh, you know. I get it, but you pull it all together into this space odyssey and you, mm-hmm. odyssey, and you invent these things like the forest, another thing that had never existed. I'm sorry, that's the most original fucking thing I can think of. Yep, definitely in that decade, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a fucking travesty. No arguments. I've been mad about it since 77. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next next nominee, 1985 Witness wins for by William Kelly and Earl Wallace. Other nominees that year. I'm going to just go ahead and not say other three and just say Back to the Future by Bob Gale and Robert <laughs> Zemeckis. Uh, there's three other ones too. I, I, th- I have this exact same argument. I, I hate to make the exact same argument I just made, but like what? Yeah. Back to the Future is groundbreaking as far as what you can write and put it on screen somehow. Yeah. This goes to the argument that that the box office should be determining winners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it obviously struck a chord with the world. Because we still watch it, was, it today. Because it was sci-fi. And I yeah. would say it's 
I don't even care if it goes into deciding it. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be held against it. Right. And I feel. I think that's the problem. I think a lot of these films that are making a ton of money at the box office, they use that against them. Well, it's it's a pop. Well, it's yeah. a pop film. It doesn't. Like, it's not real. It's there's not a real been, film. There's been a couple awards, whatever. like a couple of them, where you look at the nominees for like Best Picture, and you're like, What are these? Right. Where the fuck are they? Like, where are they finding these movies to nominate right. for Best? And that's not to take anything against them, but it's like. Can you find something that I would know or that right. like I might have seen or at least I might have heard about to to nominate instead of just like, oh, yeah, this one's really good. And uh, Parasite, for, foreign film, one, awesome, great, good call on that one. But like all the other ones, it's like, where are you coming up right. with this shit? Yeah, and at the very least, if you're going to give a lot of notoriety to – I respect like the smaller studios and like the small you know creators, but – let us have access to it. They release it in like I think the, I think you have to release it in like something like twenty five theaters or whatever right. it is. Like so, you never hear. So it's on. It's in yeah. And it's, it's in California the, and it's, it's always in New York the last week of the year too. Right. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's on the coast. I got, shit going, on. I got shit going on that time of year. Yeah, I'm busy. Next yeah. <laughs> next nominee. So yeah, Back to the Future. What, what the fuck? Obviously. How, they, how the hell they know? All right, 1991. I'm not sure we might be split on this one, but 1991, Thelma and Louise wins, written by Callie Corey. Other nominees that year. Boys in the Hood, written by John Singleton. Bugsy, written by James Toback. The Fisher King, by Richard Lagravanese. And Grand Canyon, by Lawrence Kasdan and Meg Kasdan. Kasdan, duo coming out here. Yeah, but he wrote Empire Strikes Back. He did, I know. (laughs) Good job. All right, so initial thoughts. Who do you think should have won this year? To me, it would be between, I think Boys in the Hood should have won, but... Fisher King was great. I loved the Fisher King. I wrote it too. I think Boys in the Hood should have won too. Mm-hmm. John Singleton yeah. should have brought it home. In fact, this was this was, it was going into the awards. I remember reading that this was people were pretty shocked it didn't win. Yeah, that was he but was also, the favorite to win. Yeah. They were shocked, but also not shocked at all. Yeah, in like a yeah, it's like, basically oh. in a racist way. Like, well, right. of yeah. course that's what you guys did. That makes sense, right? Yeah, yep. you you threw him a bone nominating him, but yeah. like he was never going to win. Yeah, right. Figures, right? Cool. Right. Appreciate that. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> here, here we go this again. This is going to be, okay, this is another Shakespeare in Love conversation. So 98, but I think I got, I got more ammo with 98. Okay. With, with original screenplay. So we've got nominees, Bullworth, written by Warren Beatty. Oh, I should say Shakespeare in Love is written by Mark Norman and Tom Stoppard. Again, 98. Bullworth, written by Warren Beatty and Jeremy Pixer. The stories by Warren Beatty. Life is Beautiful by Robert, uh, Roberto Benini and Vincenzo Ceram. Jeremy, maybe? Saving Private Ryan is written by Robert Rodat, and The Truman Show is written by Andrew Nicole. Where, where, where are you falling on Shakespeare in Love? You still, you I, yeah, still I'm still, out still with in Shakespeare in Love? I, I think it was an interesting, it was a, an historical fiction um, before historical fiction was really much of a thing, mm-hmm. except when Shakespeare did it. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was really a modern... Channeling of Shakespeare to write that interwoven, connected uh, work. I can see where certain things like Saving Private Ryan or Life is Beautiful, certainly I thought that was phenomenal. And if I were to lean towards one other than Shakespeare in Love, I would say Life is Beautiful. Lambert, do you have an opinion here? And then I'll blow, blow it up with my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you look at these, 
original screenplay. I probably lean towards Truman Show. Yes, Truman Show is the answer. <laughs> that had never been done before. No, it hadn't been. Now, now listen, Except in a TV. Brian. Well, oh, sorry, Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> McConaughey, hey, hey. Uh, okay, all right. And what? Wait, what happened? Ed TV was the same premise. Oh, that's right. But this is better. And it's it was a little was bit. The same Ed TV year? was a little. Wasn't goof- Ed TV the next year? Ed, Ed TV was goofier. Was this was ninety seven. This was a lot. This was know. serious though. TV, this was right. a serious. Okay. Take on. No, I, I agree. Truman Show is great. It all right. Not, well, if Ed TV is a ninety seven, then I completely rescind my 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 support of the Truman Show. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't. I, I'm not looking at this very second, Ed so I don't t- know. Ed TV was ninety nine. Oh, okay. Back on the Back table. On. Truman Show is We're the on. original one. Ed TV is not the, that's the original the, one. Ed TV is fake. <laughs> so that's my point. I think that's the most original story of all of these. And I, I, listen, I'm going to give credit where credit's to Shakespeare and Love's Incredible. And I would say same prior. I kind of did the same thing where it took right. like this historical, it took some liberties, right. threw some new stories in there to like drive forward like True. the ultimate plot. Truman Show for me. Next and final final uh, nominee for this category, The Hurt Locker, by Mark Bold. <sighs> they won. Here are some other nominees that year: Inglorious Bastards, Quentin Tarantino, Done. The Messenger, Alessandro Camone and Oren Moverman, A Serious Man by the Coen Brothers, and Up by Bob Peterson and Pete <sighs> Docter. It's that. It's 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 inglorious. For the first twenty minutes alone, it's got to be Inglorious Bastards. Yep. Oh, I thought you were going to say up. <laughs> no. no. That's the first five minutes. That's the first no. five minutes, yeah. yeah and that's, yeah. that's just, all visual. Yeah. So for that first 20 minutes, yeah, just the dialogue that first. And, and the tension that was built. It, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, yeah. I, and I do. And I actually really like The Hurt Locker's Locker. great. Yeah. Catherine Bigelow, like it's a great film, but. It, well, didn't it won Best Picture. It did. It? It did. Yeah. It, God, Quinn, come on. Right, Making her the first things. Uh, Best Director female. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she was up against her ex-husband for Avatar, right? Yeah, when I think the first nominee was Coppola, right, for Godfather Part Three, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it's blurs together. Or, no, no, that. I'm sorry. I'm no, I'm butchering that. Sophia yeah. Coppola was actually for um, Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. Thank you, but she yeah. was in Godfather Part Three. There we go. Yeah, connected it somewhere. Okay, all right. We got two more categories, and up next we have the best director category. So here are a few nominees: John Ford wins in nineteen forty-one for directing "How Green Was My Valley." What a great premise very, for a black and white film! Very green. <laughs> uh, some other nominees are a few other movies you probably heard of, but Orson Welles is nominated for Citizen Kane. Super green. Yes, yeah, super green. We green. <laughs> uh, uh, it's got to be Orson Welles. I mean, it's people, gotta people be Orson. say Citizen. that's like the best movie of all time. Citizen and Kane. I, I yep. find it hard to believe if, you, if it's the best movie of all time, it did not also, in fact, have the best director of all time. Or at least win best director that year. I think in that year, he gave his best directing performance on that film. Yeah. Because uh, I've seen other things he directed. In there. <laughs> okay. Wasn't all... Wasn't all uh, no Academy Kubrick. Award winners. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Orson Welles... I don't know how the fuck you didn't win that year. Right. John Ford, I'm sure it was great. Uh, Carol Reed was the best director for the movie Oliver. Here are some other nominees that year. Anthony Harvey for The Lion in Winter. I, I could say a couple other ones. I'm just going to say Stanley Kubrick for 2001 A Space Odyssey. And yeah. I'm sh- I know that I- I've seen Oliver. It's a very good film. It's a fun film. Mm-hmm. Obviously, again, based off of a musical. But no. 2001 A Space Odyssey, are you, are you kidding me? The right. shit that's going on in that movie? like, and, 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 and it's... How many words are actually spoken? It's it's basically music 
a little bit of dialogue and nothing but different shots and tension and tension, and tension. from angles from i mean we're yep. talking as far as directing like technicality here god that's freaking crazy artwork it's like walking through a museum Mm-hmm. Where, where of modern art, whenever you're seeing each each one is kind of based on an artwork. I would love to see the storyboards for that film because it, it it's like a perfectly composed painting, mm-hmm. and you go from one perfectly composed painting to another perfectly composed. Would painting. it shock you if like the storyboards are basically the shots you see on screen? No, <laughs> like that's not exactly at all. What happened? Yeah, but that's how he's. Uh, that's one of the things that he's always been great at is that each shot is just a it's all perfectly composed and it looks like a piece of art and then it it mm-hmm. morphs into another perfectly uh set up piece of art so yeah in every one of his films maybe not lolita but most most of them and i'll tell you this i'm on record for saying i don't think 2001 the space odyssey is as incredibly groundbreaking and amazing as everyone thinks seems to think it is that's me but i do appreciate how amazingly directed it is right anyway I don't know how Kubrick doesn't fucking win there. Two more categories for this round, and then on to the best picture. Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves in 1990. Actor turned director. Here are some other nominees that year. Francis Ford Coppola, Godfather Part 3. This is in 1990. Stephen Frears for The Grifters. Uh, Barbette Schroeder for Reversal of Fortune. And then Martin Scorsese, a little person we know, for the movie that you've ever heard of, maybe heard of before. It's called Goodfellas. Is that a high joke? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> uh, Martin Scorsese. Martin yeah. Scorsese. Yeah. yeah. Martin Scorsese. Absolutely. What the fuck's going on there? All right. Last nominee, Anthony uh, Mingella Oof. for The English Patient in 1996. Here are some other nominees. Do I need to read all of these? I'm just going to no, say Joel, Joel Fargo. Cohen just for Fargo. Yeah. For yeah, Fargo. No. Fargo. Yeah. I mean, Shine is a very good film, but. People Again. versus Larry Flint was good. Woody yep. Harrelson was great in that. Yep. That was good. Yeah, I think but that it's some of those are... On. It's Fargo. Yeah, it's Fargo. It's Fargo. Okay, on to the best pictures. We've got a few here. And, I, okay, 2005, best picture, Crash. Uh, was, I wanted to start out strong here. Uh, <laughs> just come out right, swinging. Just come out swinging. Here are the other nominees that year. Brokeback Mountain, Capote, Good Night and Good Luck, and then Munich. Not the like most crazy deep field that we've seen because at a certain point they started offering like ten films. Like that right. was in like the early two thousand. Well, you see that when yeah. in, when we talk about fourteen, you'll yeah. see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I I'd give it to Munich. I was just gonna and he, probably say I that. Think yeah, a, I do love a Munich great too. Great Jeffrey Rush performance mm-hmm. uh, again. Eric Bana, brilliant in that film. Yeah, mm-hmm. told a story that I didn't know that much about. I just knew that it happened. Right. Yeah, good night and good luck, though. I actually really enjoyed that movie, yeah, too. Yeah, and you still have the, the the Spielberg tropes and all of right. that, right? The hooks. Yep. Okay. Munich should have won that year. Crash. All right, Shakespeare <laughs> in Love. I think we've beaten this horse to death. We, we'll just move on past this one. Sure. Other movies that were nominated that year were yeah. Elizabeth, Life is Beautiful, Saving Private Ryan, and The Thin Red Line. Probably could have gone back and forth between Life is Beautiful, Saving Private Ryan, and Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. But they took home. And Elizabeth, winner. too. So. And Elizabeth was really good, too. You're right. Um, Million Dollar Baby in 2004. Other nominees that year. The Aviator, Finding Neverland, Ray, and Sideways. I am not a big fan of Million Dollar Baby. I get it. I get why people like it. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate it. But I, if I'm watching a movie like that that is just depressing the whole time, I'd rather watch The Aviator. 
quite <laughs> frankly. And I think the best movie out of all these is Ray. Definitely the best performance. I love Sideways. I, I, I'm glad you said that because I, I, I was about to kind of actually say, actually, let me. I mean, you could probably go with like either of those three, like Aviator, Ray, or probably Sideways. Yeah, I mean, and the I would have been okay. I would have been okay. Yeah, yeah, and a rom com never gets nominated either, unless it's Annie Hall because it's Woody Allen. And... But I'm but, not drinking any fucking Merlot. That's right, <laughs> and that will live forever in infamy. Yeah, it, it changed the entire, and I, I can tell you this honestly, it changed the entire wine industry. Because at the time when that movie came out, Merlot was the number one hot grape in the country. And I was managing a retail shop at the time where we had maybe 18 facings of Pinot Noir and 72 facings of Merlot. A year later, it was reversed. That's how much Pinot Noir. And it ruined Merlot. What gets me about it is that he never said he hated Merlot. He hated his ex-wife who liked liked Merlot. Merlot. (laughs) <laughs> and he wouldn't partake in that out, yeah. of, out of yeah principle. Yeah, because right? he was he was doing that. <laughs> yeah. So and the wine he drank at the end of the movie is a Merlot-based wine from Saint Emilion, and it's in 1961. I've had that wine. I I would drink it out of a paper cup with a burger. I would drink it out of a navel. I really wouldn't care if I could drink that wine again. <laughs> I would drink it out of anything. So, lesson we've learned here is that Merlot is not that bad, and Sideways is a pretty fucking good movie. Exactly. Yeah, and we can all agree almost all of these are better than Million Dollar Baby. Yes, true. Speaking of which, as far as a lot of good nominees and just a flash in the pan, I, I appreciate what I was trying to accomplish. Two thousand fourteen, Birdman, or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Good movie. Good movie, I and, I, it. And, I, and I think I enjoyed it. Talk about Michael, direction. Michael Keaton was great. The whole continuous shot type shtick, like yeah. that was a big thing, and they even continued that into like certain shows, like Daredevil, like that was a big thing, mm-hmm. kind of showing off your directing chops. Nin- Nineteen Seventeen, yes, another mm-hmm. big one. Awesome. Here's some other nominees that year, though: American Sniper, Boyhood, which is just fucking crazy. Think about the way that was. That's made. a fantastic premise. I love the way that they did that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I was bored, but I mean. But 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 again, if you step back and think about how do you make this movie, right. that is that's pretty cool. That's pretty it amazing. Cool. It yeah. should have gotten a, it just for that. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Which that should have won. Which is a totally underrated uh, yeah. film by um, Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, thank yeah. you. The Imitation Game, Selma, <laughs> The Theory of Everything, and then Whiplash. And I've never seen Whiplash, so I can can't speak to that. I have seen that. Whiplash. Also good. It's a very yeah. good movie. But I I think that. For me, Grand Budapest Hotel or Boyhood are the two winners. I just love how Wes Anderson creates a world. Yeah, you know, there's a there's an Instagram account called um, Accidentally Wes Anderson, where it's just photographs of like, yes, this could be in a Wes Anderson movie, and it's pretty funny. But uh, but I love how he creates his entire world, and everything is uh, accepted in that world. You know, yeah. you, you accept the absurdity of that world, and so when you can suspend your disbelief to believe in that world, then anything can happen and does usually. Mm-hmm. So that's I think, I, I, and I think, I, and this is why we have good conversations about film because I think you're either a Wes Anderson, Anderson, huge enthusiast and you will die on that hill or you just don't like him. Right. And I fucking love him. I love him. I never saw that. But you do like Wes Anderson? Uh, sure. I don't know. I <sighs> Fantastic I Mr. Fox? Nope. Never start, saw it? Or? Start, no, I've not seen that either. So uh, naming more films, because I couldn't tell you... The what Life Ru- Aquatic with Steve Zizek. No. Rushmore. Rushmore. No. Uh, Bottle Rocket. No. What are we forgetting? I'm forgetting a big one. 
Maybe I'm just not a Wes Anderson guy then. You must not be. There you go. <laughs> Which is fine. It's not fine, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on. We'll work no, on it. We'll move, we'll move on past it. No, it's fine. Okay, well then, if you're not picking Grand Budapest, what are you picking with this one? I don't know. That's your fucking job on this goddamn oh, podcast, is to Royal pick a goddamn Tenenbaums. movie. Seen Royal Tenenbaums. I've Thank seen you. that one, yes. yeah. Yeah, that's the big one. That's the big yeah, one. Yeah, I don't think I'm a Wes Anderson guy. I okay. I'll just put that out there then. Well, then pick another one on this list. Uh, I'll pick Boyhood. Okay, good answer. Sure. 1998, Driving Miss Daisy. Oh, fuck. Wins Best Picture. <laughs> Driving Miss Daisy. Another one that uh, there's some that just don't really hold up it that It should have been Do the Right Thing. Here, all right. So we got Do the Right Thing. We got Born on the Fourth of July. That was Do the Right Thing was not nominated. Yeah. Which is a fucking crazy, crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, let me name the other nominees. Let's do this. Here are the ones nominated. Let's take one out and let's decide the winner with okay. with uh, that one in there. Born on the Fourth of July, Dead Poet Society, Feel the Dreams, and then My Left Foot. Of that list, let's do the right thing. Take out. I think we take out Drive Miss Daisy. Yes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> definitely. And then do the right things in there. And I think it's do the right thing first. And I think maybe My Left Foot or Dead Poet Society. I was going to say Dead Poet Society. I was going to yeah. say Dead Poet. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. You could have taken out Feel the Dreams too. Yeah. All right. Drive Miss Daisy is definitely out of there. Do the right thing. That that is a freaking travesty. That wasn't even nominated. But also. Not shocking. Yeah. My Fair Lady, 1964. We've already kind of talked about this, but Dr. Strangelove was also nominated that year, How I, Sto- How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, along with Mary Poppins and Beckett and Zober the Geek. I, I think that Dr. Strangelove should have yeah. won this movie. The Academy's hatred for things that are funny. Yeah. And, and I've got one more category of, of the last nominee of things that the Academy hates. 1977, Annie Hall also wins Best Picture. Another film, small film you may have heard of, nominated that year was Star Wars, and I will I will tip the cap for them actually nominating Star Wars, which is kind of shocking in itself. Absolutely, yeah, totally. That movie should win. Yeah, again, that was that just kind of like okay, we'll we'll throw you a bow with the nomination, but there's no way there's no way in hell you're gonna win, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Well, wow, that was a lot of films to argue about. It was did pretty well. Academy. Hopefully, you were listening couple more things to wrap this up there have been a lot of hosts and <laughs> obviously the hosting hosting of the academy awards can be a pretty big deal because there's some shit that goes down sometimes and if you didn't know this the first host of the academy awards was douglas fairbanks and william c demille and the most bob hope hosted 19 times i think if you ask anyone now most would, people say billy crystal they would say billy crystal yeah. who's second with nine yeah, you because that's who I remember always. Yeah, but that's who always should, Billy Crystal. That's who's the best. Uh, yeah, yeah. For, yeah. If we're doing a category of who's yeah. the best, I think I would agree with. I that. would agree with yeah. Billy Crystal. Yes. Yeah, and then Johnny Carson did it five times. Whoopi Goldberg and Jack Lemmon tied for four. Uh, Jerry Lewis, Steve Martin, Conrad, Nagel, 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 and, and, and sure. David Niven did it each three times. Then you've got Jack Benny, Chevy Chase, Sammy Davis Jr. Ellen DeGeneres, uh, Jane Fonda, Goldie Hawn, Jimmy Kimmel, Walter Matthau, Richard Pryor, Chris Rock, Frank Sinatra, James Stewart, and John Stewart. Each did it twice. I want to see the Richard Pryor ones. Me too, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this year, Regina Hall, Amy Schumer, and Wanda Sykes also hosted. It'll be crazy. To, I'm, I'm really curious to see how this, this whole format changes. And we left off uh, Anne Hathaway and... Uh, Oh, James, James Franco. Franco. Don't forget about them. They haven't been asked back for a second time yet? No, oh, not yet. Shocker. That was yeah. so good. Ugh. Well, like I said, it's going to be really interesting to see how they how they switch this whole thing up 
after the incident this year. Yeah. I don't know. Number one, the I'm slap, not sure, I'm the not slap sure. heard around the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know who's like, oh, I can't wait to host now. Like, apparently, right. you're just allowed to assault yeah. a comedians uh, on apparently, stage. Apparently, people can't take jokes anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it even a joke? I thought it was kind of cool, complimentary. I don't it, think it was made. Uh, that's a whole. We, we don't she, have to get into this, yep. but like, shaved her head because on. she has alopecia and like, sure, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's also not the first time he's made fun of her. Literally on her <laughs> podcast, she said, I guess I'll just have to laugh about it. Right. Well, Will Smith. I feel bad, but also not. By the way, you mentioned the incident that was uh, Martin Sheen's first role uh, starring Martin Sheen and Bo Bridges, actually, from 1960-something. Fun could, fact. Could be 59. <laughs> uh, it's a fun fact. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Last few thoughts about the Academy Awards. Who here still watches the, it live? I did. You did. Yeah. I flipped back and forth. Yeah. So like I miss I missed the slap, and then I saw his acceptance speech. So like all the context that he, I was like, <laughs> I don't what the why? Why is he apologizing? <laughs> what's he? What's going on? Like, and then I saw. I or was why like, is oh. he not apologizing to the person he slapped? He was like, I'm sorry for about what I'm about to say, and then he said a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm just like, you didn't really say anything. Like, why are you apologizing? Like, no. And then he started apologizing to everybody else. I'm like, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any idea why until the next morning. So I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, that is pretty fun. I personally didn't watch it. I kind of forgot it was on. And and I kind of, it just isn't a thing that I need to watch anymore. I, I, I'm i just really curious. Like, what do you guys think is wrong with the Oscars? Like, I, I have too own, long. Okay, there's a couple of reasons. It's, it's too long. It's too self-indulgent. They take themselves too seriously. That's why I like the Golden Globes better when like Ricky Gervais was hosting oh, he's, because he's he, so good. He, he filleted them. Yeah. And, and, and deservedly so. And they, they, right. Just laugh at yourself. You're putting yourself out there. You're a performer, right? You're putting yourself out there. You've been naked on screen and you've been in the most embarrassing situations, whatever on film and on camera, laugh about it. Cause it's not that important. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. You can use your influence to do good in the world. You can donate to good things and all of that. But if you're receiving an award for your work, say thank you, thank the people that were important to the work, and get the hell out of the way. I mean, uh, I get it. People are doing great things with their influence and their money, but we're going to let Will Smith yammer on for 20 minutes, and they're not going to put Zelensky on for five minutes? Yeah, we, I don't. I don't. He was getting. He wasn't getting played off this year. Yeah. So, nope. so that's uh, that's my take on it. But it, it's yes, they're too self indulgent. Yeah, and I think we can agree. The one that's more fun to watch is the golden the, the Golden Globes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. I think there's a lot of other reasons. Other other things that are wrong with the with the uh, with the Oscars. So in 2012, the L.A. Times did a story. Um, they broke down the demographics of the the voters, basically. And of the 5,100-plus active voters, 94% were Caucasian. Wow. 74% were male. And 54% were found to be over the age of 60. Hmm. Hmm. Old white men. Weird, right? <laughs> um, 33% of voting members... Is this Congress we're talking about? Right. Are we talking about the government? Or are we oh, talking- sorry, that's right. I mistake. No. Oh, wait. Oh. They're the same thing. Same, oh, same, yeah. same breakdown in oh, demographics. Shit. The 33% of voting members are actually former nominees... And winners, that's so that's a it's kind of cool, but also I'm not sure that's a good thing or not. And uh, here, <laughs> last year was a perfect example of them trying to do something different and unique, and they just totally just fucking botched it up. So 
From 73 to 2022, all Academy Award ceremonies have ended with the Academy Award for Best Picture, last award. But last year, they decided to switch it up and make the last award the Academy Award for Best Actor because they thought Chadwick Boseman was going to be the third person to give it, be given it posthumously. posthumously mm-hmm. Yeah, and that didn't work out either. And he didn't, of win. course, because again, seventy-five percent are male, ninety-four percent are white, and fifty-four percent are over the age of sixty. I'm not saying that they, there was a direct correlation there, but uh, right. you know, let's just figure that out on your own. That's a big issue, and I think they've been getting yeah. a little bit better with that. But even you look at like. I mean, even but, the people who are giving out awards, you just gotta you gotta do better. You gotta do this, better, Academy. This year, they, they they it should look like America, right? And yeah. so, uh, I'm not saying you have to look at all of the demographics, but but you don't go from being all white to then all people of color the next year and say, look how diverse right, we like are. A right? radical. It's like we, and, and we that's kind of see through your bullshit. Well, here, and that's right? exactly uh, what they do. It's like. They have one year and it's nominated. Right. And there's there were no no African American actors nominated for best picture right. or you know or for best actor, best actress, and then like the films, and then the next year it radically shifts back. Right. And then it shifts back again, and then it ra- like like you yeah. said, like just yeah, just let it be a Stop representation with the pendulum of swing like, and, of society. Yeah. And like w- the society that we live in today. Right. They're just so, and not they're fifty so, years ago. They're right. so reactive. They're not proactive. They don't think about like what would be different no, for a show. It's it's terrible. Like, oh shit, we fucked up here. Let's try and fix this. Let's do the pe- complete night. Exactly. And that's the worst thing you can possibly yeah. like you're not actually stopping and thinking about what you're doing. You're just like, oh yeah, we gotta fix this. So just right. without any kind of thought. It just comes off as very it's not genuine. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Like it's, it's very terrible. transparent. So having said that, what award show do you think are the best? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna list the ones that I could think of and I'm sure there's more. So we got, again, the Oscars, Golden Globes, we already mentioned those, the Emmys, the Tonys, the SAG Awards, the Grammys, and I put a few fun ones on there, the MTV Movie Awards, and also the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. That one's too political. Maybe others. Nickelodeon? The Baptist. (laughs) No. I mean, I like like the Nickelodeon Awards. I like like celebrities get slimed. It's fucking great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Teen Choice Awards. I like the Golden Globes. Golden Globes are great. It's it gives a foreign perspective, right? Because uh, the Hollywood foreign press, although you want to talk about Mighty Whitey, yeah, they well, are they got their, own <laughs> their demographics are way out there. But I like that they can at least make fun of themselves, and that they had the balls to put Ricky Gervais on five yeah. times. I mean, I hope he comes five back again. Times. Can you imagine him after this whole thing? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I would love uh, it. I, I I was watching clips of his last one, and he was like, "I don't care." He was he was saying whatever. He's like, "I don't care. I don't right. care." They're, they're, I don't care anymore. I'm the richest comedian in Britain. I really <laughs> don't care. Yeah. All right. Well, um, kind of wrap it up. Were there anything anything that stood out with this year's awards that you were like, I kind of wish something had happened? Or I liked yeah. seeing the peripheral awards or what, what were deemed peripheral awards this year, right? I, I like seeing those. I like seeing these video editors and who's somebody that I could watch and maybe see the name yeah. over and over again in the credits and go, oh shit, I really like what that person does, you know? Um, but they were just kind of sloughed off. Oh yeah, they were swept under the rug. But rugs. the one thing I liked was that if they're going to show clips of that pre-recorded stuff, like I said before, let's pre-record the entire thing. Then you've got time to show everybody. Mm-hmm. Which they kind of did what they did with that. I don't know if it, was, it might have been the Golden Globes, like during COVID, during the height of COVID when everything yep. was locked down, they were pre-recording stuff and ha- and then having some people live in different section mm-hmm. off rooms. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
as far as like winners, I really think that it's pretty cool like seeing Billie Eilish win for the No mm-hmm. Time to Die song. Um, Dune, have you guys seen Dune? Uh, it's, I'm no. about halfway through it. I started it, 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 it but is, I started I have, it a, I have it recorded. It I is a it is an epic, but I will say the most epic part of it is the score, and it won best original score. And it was, okay. I mean, it is okay. like yeah, whether you that. like the movie or not, just it's basically all audio. <laughs> it's, I mean, right. right? I mean, there's a little bit of dialogue, but it's just all yeah. like this encompassing. I can't even put it into words until you've like just you just can't even put it into words. You just have to listen to it, like yeah. like enjoy it. Put it, put on the surround sound and just freaking be engulfed in it. Um, I agree with you though. I miss like the production design, the hair, mm-hmm. makeup, and stylus. Those kind of awards, short film. Um, sound, visual effects. So those yeah. are the kind of things that, like, again, as a sci-fi type guy, that like that's and that's where cool movies can be nominated. Like, I, d- yeah. I don't know if Baby Driver won any awards, but certainly for editing or sound yeah. effects, it should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they didn't. They have a stunt coordinating award at some point. I think so. Yeah, that, that didn't win that year. I yeah. don't know what year it's going to win it. Um, yeah. So this year was. I mean, again, it's 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 unfortunate that. The only thing we're going to remember from this year's awards is the oh, yeah. Will Smith. Right. Because it thing. was the most diverse ever. Oh, really? Right? As far as presenters yep. go and everything yep. like that. And all of that is taken away. Yep. It's all, it's all gone. Because somebody hurt my feelings. <laughs> well, Academy Awards, uh, until next year, hopefully you do better. And uh, some of us will be tuning in. And maybe some of us will not be. So uh, I, can't, I can't wait. They're going to have like a big like gate in front of. In front of the, the microphone, so you have to like open it up like a barrier. Yep, right. can't, you can't come on stage, or, the, or they'll have security standing. Gotta show your right key card, there. right? Yep, to get up. You have to, yeah, you have to, you have to badge in. Oh man, ridiculous! <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. If you stuck it out this long, um, thank you to my co-host as always, John. Hey, thank you so much for joining thank us you. today, Brian. Thank you. Do you guys have any thank yous you want to throw out? Mm-hmm. I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> for a lot giving this amazing award Megan I'm just going to start talking until you guys start playing the music yeah where's uh, the music where's the where's so, the and then music. I'm going to go uh-uh where's the, uh-uh. Where's the uh-uh. Uh-uh. Here, here comes my time now yeah sorry guys sons uh, of bitches we'll have to wait till next episode to get you in there you were going to say something about I was just going to say your wife and your kid we get it you love them alright well Megan for watching our daughter while I can go out and do this that's true that's pretty cool thanks Jana for watching our cat yeah. <laughs> Thanks, kids, for growing up. Yeah, good for you, right? <laughs> All right. If you have any future so- show suggestions, always send them into our email account. You can like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, as well as on Twitter, as well as listen to us wherever podcasts are found. And of course, watch our nerd bites, our nerd takes on YouTube. Our next episode preview, we're going to bring back Brian back. I know you're shocked by that to do a little Mother's Day episode yeah. to talk about. Uh, we're going to bring in some of our wives slash mothers and uh, maybe do a little bit of tasting and talk about their favorite drinks of choice as well as um, talk about Mother's Day, where it comes from. So until then, we'll see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye.